touched me. The Lord just kind of spoke to me. So you, we should laugh at the devil. You know, we should have joy. So if you've got a problem, if you've got situations that you're facing, let's just laugh at it, okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for the victory, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise your name. Amen. We have to be in good spirits because... God has given us the victory. Amen. No matter what we're facing. Amen. Huh? Spin around? Run around. Oh, please. Now, let's not get too carried away, okay? <laughs> but, you know, in the new church, we can do that. We're going to have a little more, and it won't be, uh, it'll be padded, so we can make, you know, no, we'll make noise. <laughs> Carpeting, yeah. You can even roll around, you know. <laughs> Darlene going to have a good old time there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you, Lord, that your word is rich. It's true. It's good for us, Father. We ask you, Lord, just to impart it into our hearts as we receive it and hear it. I thank you, Lord God, for your goodness in your word. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. And all agreed said, Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to talk today, part two, of are you in spiritual shape? Are you in spiritual shape? I mean, most of us can tell if we're in physical shape because you just look at yourself and, you know, if you try to run up a flight of stairs, you know if you're in shape or not. You, if you have to run to catch the light, you know, you want to make uh, the timing and, and, and you're running a, like a half a block and you can't make it, you know, you're not in shape. But in spiritual shape, you can't really tell. You, can't, you don't really notice whether you are or not. I know Darlene has lunch with me and Arturo and my wife, and she was saying a while back when she was working a lot of hours, she wasn't able to do her devotions. And she said, I, I don't feel like I'm in spiritual shape. I don't have the same punch, the power that I used to have. But now she's recovered. She's not working as much. She's able to do her devotions and do her disciplines with the Lord. Because, you know, you can't fool uh, yourself. You know, you think you've got the power, but you really have to do what it takes to get the power. It doesn't just fall upon you. An Olympic athlete just doesn't get out there and start running all of a sudden, oh, well, I'm doing good. No, you have to practice and discipline yourself. So we're going to find out if you're in spiritual shape today. Here's some questions you might want to answer to see if you're in spiritual shape or not. When you face a challenge, do you look for scriptures to believe God with? When you come up against a situation, what do you do? Do you cry? Do you, do you complain? Or do you say, okay, God, where can I go in your word to find the answers that I need? When people give you a bad time, how do you react? Mm -hmm. Is it in love? Or are you, are you vengeful? Do you hate? Do you talk to neighbors about it? And say, you won't believe what so-and-so did. Do you get excited when someone says, well, let's just pray about it? Or do you say, what good is that going to do? Depend See, that gives you, lets you know where your spirit's at. Amen. Is it alive? Does it jump? When you read the word, do you get excited? When you hear the word of God mentioned, do you get excited when you hear a scripture and your, your spirit leaps up for it? Do you praise the Lord often? Well, I don't know. I haven't praised him in, oh, I can't even remember the last time. No, that, your praise should be like just kind of flowing out of your spirit. Yeah. Do you have joy when you get a chance to read the Bible? 
Are you easily discouraged? Do things bother you? And all of a sudden you're just like, oh, well, I guess it's not working. I guess God's not hearing my prayer. That's when you're not spiritually mature. That's when you're not in spiritual shape, right? Can you act in love when people do you wrong? That's a big one, isn't it? When people talk bad about you, when they ignore you, when they slight you, when they uh, go behind your back and do things that aren't right, you know, how do you react? Are you, are you, uh, do you keep believing God when things don't look right, when things aren't working out the way they're supposed to? Remember the children of Israel? I was reading this the other day, and God said, they don't know my works. They don't know that I'm testing and tempting them and trying to see what's in their heart. When they didn't have the manna and they didn't have the water, they started complaining. And he said, they don't know the way I work. They gave up on me. How about Paul and Silas? That's a good time to give up when you're in prison. What did they do? They sang praises unto God. Amen. Do you know very many scriptures by heart? That, that would let you know if you're spiritually in shape or not. Are you believing God for something right now? Because faith is believing for something that you haven't seen. So if you can see it, you don't need faith for it. So if your spirit is alive and is believing God, he's going to give you things to believe him for. Amen? So we're going to continue in, as, in part two of this. Are you in spiritual shape? Uh, we want to be in spiritual shape. You know why? Because that's how we receive the promises of God. The Bible says, but the heart man believes. Our heart or our spirit is our believer. That's how we believe God is with our heart. Not our mind. Our mind gets in line with it, but it's our heart that we have to use to believe him with. Now, our spirit may want to pray, but our body wants to rebel and say, no, we're not praying today. We're going to rest. We're going to take our time, and we're going to relax. And our mind says, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, but your spirit has to rise up and say, no, listen, body, you're going to get up. You're going to pray, and you're going to like it. <laughs> you have to tell, you can't be, oh, the body doesn't want to pray, so I just, no, your spirit has to be stronger than your body. You have to tell your body you're going to pray, and mind you're going to get along, you're going to be, get in line with it, and we're going to see God do great things. Praise God. So let's look at this first picture here. Here's a guy. He looks strong, doesn't he? What do you mean? No? He's trying to take on a great feat. He has to be strong and overcome adversity, right? He looks good. He looks like he's going to do it. He's prepared himself. He's in physical shape. How about this next guy? Oh, no. Oh, he, he miscalculated how strong he was. He thought he could do it, but he couldn't. Why? He wasn't physically in shape enough. So sometimes we take on uh, plans and we take on too much. We, we believe God for something and our spirit is not strong enough to do what we want to do. Now, we know God can do anything, right? He can move mountains. But what did he tell us? You speak to the mountain. Don't speak to me about it. You speak to the mountain and it shall be removed. So this is embarrassing, isn't it? You ever get embarrassed when you're trying to believe God it doesn't come through or it's delayed? You go, oh, Lord, what did I do wrong? Well, instead of crying about it, go back and start building your faith up, building your spirit up. And you might have to start small. This guy's starting kind of small. <laughs> he shouldn't be straining that hard for that kind of weight. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? <laughs> But, you know, wherever you're at, start wherever you're at, you know. I started with believing for a parking spot. Later on, 
you know, grew. Now, I believe, for a wife. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So here's the basic spiritual discipline. Same as last week, but we're going to have different scriptures. Deeper scriptures, okay? If you can handle it. Can you handle it? You want to go deep today? Put on your spiritual belts and, and, and your, your spiritual, what do they call that? Safety belts? And seat belts, that's right. And let's go and see what God has for us. So the Bible says, or it says in Scripture, to read your Bible. Amen. How basic is that? But you know what? Every minister in every message, they always say, don't forget to read your Bible. How, how obvious. But the Bible says that uh, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, because his word is spirit and it's life. You need the life of God on the inside of you. Otherwise, you're going to fail. You need some fuel. You need some uh, petrol. You know, a car, if you don't put gas in a car, what happens? You're on the side of the road and you can't go anymore. How about a Christian that doesn't fuel himself with the Word of God? What are they? On the side of the road. Can't go anymore. Got no more energy. Got no more, uh, uh, you know, petroleum or whatever. So read your Bible. We're going to look at the Scripture individually as we get to it. But then second thing is meditate and confess the Word of God. You have to permeate your body and your mind with the Word of God. You have to become one with it. That's what actors do when they are going to do a part in a play or a a TV show or a movie, what are they? they study the part, they meditate on it, they memorize the lines, they become one with it, they become a part of it. Sometimes they have to learn new things like to play the piano or to get an accent. It's amazing. Will Smith in that movie that, he, that they just uh, put out, uh, Concussion, he's got an accent and you go like, How, where did he get that accent from? Sounds so real. He had to practice, he had to be one with it and be uh, in English. Was it the English accent? I don't know. It's a funny accent, but he, he perfected it. I know um, uh, with, uh, Reese Witherspoon, when she made uh, Walk the Line, she didn't know how to play or sing that instrument. Or she, In fact, when she was in the car singing, her kids said, Mama, don't sing no more. <laughs> but she sang beautifully and got an Academy Award for it. So you can learn how to do things by meditating and confessing the Word of God. We're going to talk about confessing in a minute. Then third is prayer. You've got to speak it out. You've got to pray to God. You can't just, with your mind, assent to it. You have to actually speak the words. God, when he brought the world into existence, how did he do it? He didn't think it. He spoke it. Yes. Spoke it out of his mouth, and God can move when he hears you pray. Amen? You know, I have a, a lady at work. And uh, she helps me with my, with my, uh, you know, my uh, work, things that I don't know. I said, hey, Barbara, help me with this. And she'll help me. But so the other day she came in, she had arthritis in her finger. It was all twisted and it was swollen and it was black and blue. And I go, oh my gosh, what is that? She goes, oh, the doctor said it's arthritis. I might have to have surgery and all this stuff. I go, oh, no, 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 no. Let me help you. <laughs> so we prayed over it and uh, you know, it, it got a little bit better, but you don't just give up there. No. I came back in the afternoon. I go, how are we doing, patient? She goes, oh, well, it's getting better. I kept praying for the last three days. I've been praying. Now swelling is going down. The black and blue is leaving. It's straightening out. I said, you see how this works? You speak to it, and you see God work. Amen? So prayer is very effective. Worship, man, if you want 
some breakthroughs, worship is when God comes in, intervenes, and makes a difference in your life. Things that you couldn't do, he opens up the windows of heaven because we worship him, and he inhabits the praises of our people. And fasting, oh, that's when you're really desperate, okay? That's when things are not working. And you got, this is a last-ditch effort. Okay, I, I, we're stopping everything. We're not even going to eat. We're going to talk to God, and God, you got to do something here. Amen? Amen? So let's look at the scriptures real quick. Hebrews 1.3. Talking about Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory in Hebrews 1.3, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. His word has power. Amen? Amen? You've got a power source right there that you can use in your situations and your circumstances. It's not just a nice little teaching. It's not just a nice little thing that you say. It's got power. Your word has power in it. Amen? Yes. It has, uh, the word of God, when it changes, it'll change your life, the inside, your inside, but then it'll also change people that are around you. Amen? Amen? It has power. Power to change what's, you know, you say, well, I'm just not thinking right. I'm not in tune with God. Let the word of God come in and change your heart and change your ways. And then you'll change others as well. Praise the Lord. Okay, so um, the next scripture, Hebrews 3, 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, calling, heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Do you know that Jesus is our high priest that takes our confessions that we speak here on earth, takes them up to heaven and says, see, Lord, they're confessing your word. They're believing in you. We need to enact and do what they're saying. Praise the Lord. He works on what we say. Not, not what's in the Bible, but what we put in our heart, meditate on, and speak out. He makes it come to pass. Isn't this amazing? It's so easy. Isn't it so easy? But guess what? We all know this, but we don't do it. Why? We're not in spiritual shape. <laughs> we got to wake up, church. We got to get our, our spiritual act together. Now, here, you, okay, you, you want to get excited? Okay, look at this scripture right here. This is the prayer part, Ephesians 3.20. It says, now to him, who's him? God, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, when the Holy Spirit was speaking to Paul in Ephesians, they were writing this, and he said, well, let's put it this way. Now, unto him who is able to do all that we ask or think. That would be pretty good, wouldn't it? If you got everything that you asked and everything that you think, all, everything, that would be good, wouldn't it? But the Holy Spirit said, well, no, wait, that's not good enough. Let's put another ad, uh, ex, uh, adjective in there. Now to him who is able to do above all that we ask or think. How, how, do you get, how do you do that? All that you ask and above? You, how could you ever attain to that? He said, Holy Spirit, no, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Let's make it this way. Now to him who is able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. Well, wait a minute. Now we're in a whole new realm. Above all that we ask, abundantly above all that we ask or think? We got all, we got above, we got abundantly above. He said, that's not good enough. <laughs> that still doesn't tell the people exactly what God has in his mind. He says, now to him who's able to do exceedingly, Woo! cry out to the Lord, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. 
Oh my God, how do we get that? We have to get into the spirit to receive what God has. Now here's a little word that gets thrown in there that, that knocks us out. It says, according to the power that works in us. Not his power, but the power that works in us from what? From reading the Bible, from meditating, from confessing and praying. That's how that power works in us. Amen? It's not just something that happens. It's according. What does according mean? It means it's measured out. It, it means it's, it's doled out. You know, when you get your paycheck or whatever, you, you, get, you, know, you get money. You get this. You, it's, a, it's according. If you don't have any power working in you, guess what? You don't get the exceeding abundantly above. Well, I want to sign up for the exceedingly abundantly above, don't you? I want that power working in me. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's look at this next scripture. Mm, keep going. Here it is. Second Chronicles 20, verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, this is Hezekiah, uh, uh, Jehoshaphat, they had a great army coming against him. He didn't know what to do, so they fasted. You know it was serious. They had to fast. Okay, nobody's eating. Women, children, even the animals, nobody's eating, okay? The whole country... He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out where? Before the army? Here comes the army. And Jehoshaphat said, oh, you guys, if you can sing, you play an instrument, you get in the front. And we'll be behind you. We'll see what happens. That's not a good battle plan, is it? <laughs> we can't have Kelly and Sylvia out there. These guys got, you know, swords and spears and arrows and horses and chariots and we go go out there and sing sing a couple songs <laughs> see, see if see if the lord moves <laughs> but you know what the lord likes that when we praise him when we're facing a, a battle knowing that he's going to give us the victory you know my wife and i when we were praying this week for the church we came across psalms 147 verse 11 it says that we can believe and hope in his unfailing love for us unfailing love. What's that mean? That means he's not going to fail us. Why? Because he loves us. So we can praise him ahead of time before we even see the battle, right? There's the song that says, don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. Shout now. Right? Before you see the victory. Because you have the confidence. That's the ways of the Lord. You know, God got upset at the children of Israel. He says, they don't know my ways. They don't know how I work. It's a faith thing. You know, Jesus used to say to the blind guy, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And he said, yay, Lord. <laughs> do you believe the Lord is able to work in your life? Yay, Lord. <laughs> All right. So they went out and they sang, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Next scripture. And here's where the fasting comes in. Psalms 35, verse 13. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting. No longer am I the big shot. <laughs> no longer I'm just going to have breakfast, maybe I'll please some bacon and eggs and some hash browns and some toast and, you know, some orange juice and all that. No, I, I, forget me. I need help from the Lord. I humbled myself with fasting. Praise God. Let's look at this next scripture. Okay, uh, in Philippians 2.12, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, he's talking to us, you know that? 
As you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Whose salvation? Not your neighbor, not your wife, not your husband. Work out your own salvation, right? With fear. What do you mean work out? What does that mean? It means he's working in you. You have to work it out. You have to demonstrate what he put on the inside of you. He put love on the inside of you. You have to demonstrate the love to others so they can see that you are uh, a child of God. Now, work out. Let's see this next scripture. Next picture. Oh, hmm. we missed that, that girl exercising. Let's go one more. Okay, let's go back. Huh? Oh, it's at the end. You know, when you see commercials and you see people exercising, go back one. When you see people exercising, aren't they just so, you know, like everybody, they're smiling and just enjoying themselves and, you know, everything's fine. But you take that machine home or that gadget home and all of a sudden you got to work, you're sweating, right? So exercising is not easy. You, you have to, and that word workout, you ready for this? That word workout means dig like a miner digs into the ground to find out what treasures are there. So here we have it. Here's these guys. You think they're working out? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine them coming home? Well, how was your day? Oh, don't ask. <laughs> you tired, Dad? Oh. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's an effort to work out your salvation. When, peop, when things you want to say, you want them to come out of your mouth because you have to speak your mind, and God say, no. Don't speak that. Don't say that. Ooh, that's, that's hard. That's hard not to say those things, right? <laughs> when you want to give somebody a piece of your mind and you can't do it, you, 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 can't, you can't say it. It's hard to change your attitude, your behavior, your thoughts. When people aren't doing good, the Bible says, what well, we're supposed to believe the best of them, even though when they're not doing good, we're supposed to believe the best of them. That's hard to do when you don't see any sense or source of them changing. I was talking to Darlene again about my dad, you know, and before he got saved, I didn't think he'd ever get saved. He was on the other side of, no, there is no God and there's no heaven and all this stuff. And he was mean and, and I don't know, it didn't even seem like my dad, but he had the dementia that was taking hold of him. But then he got saved and all of a sudden the next day he was all of a sudden nice, sweet, gentle. I go, wow. I, but when he was upset and complaining, I didn't react to that. I wanted to keep the doorway open. I wanted to love him all the way through so that when time came that I was able to minister salvation to him, he would receive it. And my wife and I were there on the day that he was dying, and we said, Pop, just cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. He just said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he went up into heaven crying out to Jesus. Amen? Believe the best of someone, even though it doesn't look like they are doing the best. Amen? So look, let's look at some of these things we have to work out. Okay, now we're going to... You ready to get deep? Can you I don't know if you can handle this. this. This might be too much for you guys. Okay, but it is in the Bible, okay? We have to do these four things. Forgive others, love others, serve others, evangelize others. Forgive, love, serve, and evangelize. So let's look at the scripture. Let's look at here in Matthew. Right, now, now check this out. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, if you come to church, 
You're ready to give your tithes and your offerings. You want to sing and praise God. And there you remember that your brother has something against you. You don't have anything against them, but they're, they're mad at you. You ever had people like that? You didn't do anything. They're mad at you. Why? I don't know. The Bible says, don't just neglect that. You go to them. Leave your gift there at church and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. This is being spiritually mature, spiritually sensitive. You go to praise God and you, you remember, oh, so-and-so was mad at me. I don't know why they were mad at me. I got to go find out why they are. Apologize, reconcile. Yeah, but you don't, I, I didn't do anything wrong. It doesn't matter. It's hard to be mad at somebody when they apologize to you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't you know. You don't, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. You're there to make peace. Leave your gift there before the altar. This happened to me this week. I was praising God. I remember, oh, you know what? Someone might be mad at me. I better call them and make sure everything's okay. First, be reconciled to your brother because God is a God of peace, right? Okay, next scripture. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13, 5 through 7 says what? It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. But they just, they wronged me. They did me wrong, Pastor. Don't you know? It says you don't pay attention to that. Oh, what? I, but, you know, this is the third time they've done this. It says don't count it. Take no account of the evil done to it. You know, I have this, this organization that people can give money into it and then they, and they can cut me a check and uh, give it to me as a ministry. And so this one organization are holding back the monies that were given, designated to me for six months. I'm calling them, asking them, are you, where's the, where's the money, honey? Where, where, what, what's happening? You know, what's the holdup? And they have all these excuses. Well, this happened and this happened. We had to use it for something else. I go, use it for something else? What are you talking about? Then they promise I'll come here this day, and then they're not there, and I'm just tr tracking them down, tracking them down. But keeping my Christian char character, keeping my Christian values, right? And finally, they sent a check last week. But that's six months. I could have lost everything, my salvation, right? <laughs> I take no account of the evil. They're wrong, but I don't take account of it. I, I'm suffering for it, but I'm paying no attention to it. How about you in your life? Are you having things that people are doing to you? It's, well, how do you do this? You have to meditate on this so that you have that on the inside of you, that you have fuel to, to be able to overcome the situations that you're facing. In verse 7, it says, love bears up under, under anything and everything that comes. Well, I just can't bear up under this. No, but love can. God's love in you can, right? Ever ready to believe the best of every person. I can't believe anything good can come out of this person. The Bible says, judge no man before the time, right? There's still time for people to repent, people to change, people to get, you know, in, in the way of, of the Lord. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. I don't know. I have no hope in this, in this situation. I have no hope in this person. And it endures everything without weakening. I'm just so weak, I can't take it no longer. No, you can endure it. This is spiritual maturity. Are you ready, church, to do this? Well, we have to do it by building ourselves up 
so that we can go and accomplish what God has called for us to do when we go to this new church. Uh, okay, here's another one. Matthew 5, 41 says, And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. What kind of scripture is that? <laughs> Who put that in there? The history behind it is when the Jews were in Rome, the Roman soldiers would make the Jews carry their equipment a mile to where they were going. They didn't want to carry it, so they get a Jew. He'll get it. He'll do it. And so the, Jesus is telling them, if someone asks you to carry it a mile, you carry it two miles. Why? One mile is for them and the other mile is for you <laughs> to get your attitude right. Well, what about if some people borrow money from you and they don't pay you back? And then they want a favor from you? What do you do? Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, that, that's not what... If they ask you to go one mile, go two miles. They want you to go and take them you know, out to eat. And then they say, well, can I buy something for the road? No, 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 we're not. <laughs> this has happened, right? Darlene's happened. To... <laughs> you know, that's the straw that broke the camel's back, okay? We're not going to, you know, we're not going to do that. <laughs> But that's where you're, you got to dig down deep and get something from your reserve, right? And last scripture here, Acts 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive power, say power, power. when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen. Amen. So you witness where you're at, you witness where you go, and witness when you travel. God said, I want you to be witnesses. So what are the four things that we have to do externally? We have to forgive others. Does anybody have anybody that they need to forgive? Do you need to do an altar call here? <laughs> Can we forgive others? Yes. All right. It's, it's, it's numero uno in God's mind because the Bible says, if you can't forgive others, God can't forgive you. You want to be forgiven? All right. Love others. Do you want to love them? No matter what, no matter the, how they are, where they are, what they do, yes. serve others. Even when they ask you to do something, you go the extra mile. And are you able to evangelize, to love them and to talk to them about the Lord? Even though they may turn you down, even though they may say that you're not, uh, 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 they don't want to hear what you have to say. Let's see, let's see this next scripture. There it is. See, we're supposed to exercise our faith. Exercise ourselves unto godliness. So let me ask you, do they look like they're working hard? Just having a good old time. Are they going to get any muscles with those weights? I don't think so. Right? You think so eventually? Start where you're at. Start where you're at. Okay, if that's you and that's what you need to do, just start where you're at. Start exercising. Exercising your faith. Exercising your spirit. Do something today that you hadn't done before. Be kind to somebody that you were not kind. It's amazing how you can change a person's heart by you doing opposite of what they expect you to do. They think, oh, okay, you're going to respond a certain way. You reverse it, and you show love to them, and all of a sudden they're taken back and say, oh, my gosh, I didn't expect that. I can't, how can I not respond to that love? Amen? Amen. So we're going to have a, a 40, not 40, 21 days fasting. Ivy said that she has fasted for 40 days one time. A few times. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So she's a good spokesman here to talk about how to fast, how we're going to fast. We're going to start tomorrow. 
however way you choose. And you know what? I found, because I was fasting the last uh, three days, I found out that when you start fasting, you don't want to eat anymore. You know, you want to stay in the spirit. You like being close to God, and you don't want to eat because you know it's going to take you away. So Ivory, come up and tell us how we're going to do this. Some really compelled by the Lord to do. He led me into those fasts. Uh, I can remember working um, when I was working on my regular or my old regular job uh, in the secular world. There were times when the Lord would cause me to um, compel me to fast food. And at, at one point, um, we were on the road for like about two months. We're going to be out uh, from the home for about two months. And probably three or four months before that, there were days on end that the Lord would just compel me to fast. And I'm like, God, is this you? So, you know, you think, well, uh, today I won't fast, right? So I'd, you know, put a piece of toast in my mouth because I wasn't going to fast that day, I decided. And it would taste like uh, chalk. So he would, I mean, he really wanted me to fast. So after all of these uh, t days of fasting and weeks of fasting on and off for these several months, when I went on the road, we were, we were working like one-nighters, and it was an absolute breeze for me. A lot of the people were complaining and were exhausted and was so difficult. And so what happened at the end, I was in, you know, inquiring of the Lord, how come you had me fasting all that time? You know, and I, I mean, now I understand that you did that to give me strength. And he says, you know, the fasting causes you to have spiritual bank. It's like, you know, when you're saving money, you've got some financial clout because you've got savings. So as you're fasting, consider it building up your spiritual bank account. And out of that, um, God's going to utilize those things that you're storing up in your spiritual storehouse to equip you to do some great things. Uh, now, Elder Charlie is passing out some, some information that's going to be uh, helpful to you uh, for this week. Now, we're going to give you something uh, next Sunday and the following Sunday to help you along the way. I'm calling it fast food because it's going to help you. It's going to be nourishment and like a devotion for you. Uh, to help you day by day. There's going to be scriptures on there and some directives, some, and, you know, just insights and some revelation to help you along your way. Um, so as Pastor was saying, you know, in, in the scriptures, we're, we're encouraged to fast so many, so many ways, so many times. Uh, when we look at the history of fasting, um, you, you, you look at places where uh, people would rend their garments and, you know, with sackcloth and ashes, they would uh, be in supplication to the Lord. But one of the powerful things about fasting is you, you enter into a breakthrough of circumstances and your situations because you're putting your flesh aside. You're in a consecration. You're consecrating yourself to God and you're taking time to concentrate on God. It's like, you know, your vertical is alive and he's working on your, on your circumstances, things that you can't see while you are just, you know, putting your focus and your attention uh, upon him. So uh, it's, a, it's a, 
a great and constant time of that consecration. You're humbling yourself in submission to God so that he can speak to you. And that focus becomes, you know, your focus becomes God-centric. Um, and I think it's powerful because it becomes a, a relationship enhancer. You know, you begin to hear God more clearly and see by that relationship, you know, your friendship with God becomes uh, more increased, you know, and it's developed. And then, you know, you're fellowshipping with God, you know, as opposed to your Facebook friends <laughs> every day. Though, you know, all those 5,000 followers that you have. And so uh, when you're in the fellowship, it becomes possible for your fellowship to happen. You're following after God instead of those Facebook people. So um, it's going to take your faith upward, and your faith is going to be, you're going to be, that's, when you think about faith, it's leaning your entire personality on God. You're, you're really uh, trusting him. You're believing him. You're acknowledging him. And you, you understand that he, what he says is absolutely the truth. He's believing in you. So here's an opportunity for you to really lean on God and believe him with absolute trust and confidence in his power and his wisdom and his goodness. So a couple of examples of fasting in, in the scriptures, besides the sackcloth and ashes, um, uh, we're looking at... Jesus, who did the ultimate fast, the 40-day fast, with no bread and water. But that fast launched his ministry. Okay? That's pretty powerful. Uh, when we look at Esther, she did a three-day fast. She called the, uh, all of her fr you know, friends and family, all of her uh, uh, friends and uh, the people of Israel at that time to fast, which brought the deliverance to the, the entire nation of Israel. So look, look at that power, three-day fast, when everybody was on one accord, you know, everybody was in agreement, and that's what happened. That's what, and see, the, I love the fact that we're doing it as, as a church. So there's a corporate blessing that's released when we begin to fast or do something as a people of God. You know, it's like the Costco blessing. You can't go in there and get one roll of toilet paper. <laughs> You know, it's a mega. It's like a mega blessing. So that's what God wants to give us. And so we look at the Daniel fast, which was a, a declaration that he and the young men of God were set apart to God. They were consecrated to God. They were submitted to God. Even though they were in the, in the custody of, of uh, Babylon as slaves and servants. So it's like we're choosing God. We're making this choice ourselves. And God is looking at that because he's already chosen you, but he's choosing, he, he's excited for the fact that he's choosing, um, we're, we're choosing God to direct us during these 21 days and give us some really great insight and revelation. So I want to just review quickly some of the benefits of our fasting. It's, and it's greater than just, a, you know, a detox. You know, we'll lose a few pounds, hopefully, you know, if we don't, you know, just make up for what we didn't eat on the 22nd day. Okay, so um, it's going to grow and enhance your relationship with God, as I said, and it's going to position you closer to God so you're able to hear his heart and his intentions for you. And it, secondly, it helps to declutter your soul, and it shifts us from habits that we have. I remember fasting, I was sharing with Rosie, I used to have a, a real problem with chips, 
I mean, I'm working on my computer and I've got the bag of chips and I'm, I'm like, what is the problem here? So some friends of mine and I decided to go, she was a chip addict too. And so, so we went on a 40 day fast to, to stop, you know, we were praying, God, God we don't wanna, you know, you're my only habit. So that broke the, they broke us of our habit of doing chips. So I'm telling you, you can do some great things with this fasting. Um, so it helps us to, to change our habits that are driven by our soul, you know, our mind and our will and our emotions. Uh, thirdly, we have a dependence on God when we're fasting. You know, he, 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 you know, God doesn't really need us, but he wants us. So during the fasting time, it creates this, this need. Like Pastor was saying, that when you start fasting, it's like you don't want to break that spiritual connection. There's, it's like the Holy Spirit seems like he's hovering over you, and he's urging you in one direction or another, and he's giving you the ability to, to, to do the fast. You know, we think, well, I'm, I'm going to be fasting, and hallelujah, I'm so spiritually equipped, and uh, we got all this, nah, it's not true. But the Holy Spirit will give you the grace that you need, the strength that you need, and, and even change your appetite. He will change your appetite. So fourthly, it, uh, the fasting silences your flesh. It's like we can really be still and know that he's God. Because in that enablement, you know, our focus, he's going to help us to stay focused on, on him. It's going to restrain your, your flesh. And number five, it's going to give you clear eyes to see and ears to hear. I'm telling you, the sensitivity to the spirit that's released during this time, a time of fasting is just supernatural. It's absolutely supernatural. And uh, again, on number six, it accelerates your spiritual growth. If you really want to grow, if you really want to have... Uh, 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 a different credential and credibility in your spiritual life. Fasting, even after you're done with this 21-day fast, fasting one day a week is going to impact your life tremendously. So it's a discipline, number seven, uh, to, to better behavior and even your own personal diet. It's going to strengthen your faith. And, and I, I like the fact that what the Lord impressed upon me, as we're fasting, it's not like because our focus is on him, it's a form of praise and worship. And you know, when you ever praise and worship God, the presence of the Lord, he inhabits that praise. He comes and sits down with you. And he produces what you can't on your own. You know, he gives you a peace that surpasses all of your understanding because he's in the room with you. The enemy can't prevail when God is being praised. It's amazing. It's so phenomenal. Uh, so it, it promotes and prepares us for next level living. You know, we want to break through this ceiling to the next floor spiritually. So God is going to help you do that as your focus and intentions are towards him. And it's going to change and nurture your spiritual and physical appetite as well. So uh, as you're looking at those fast food out, um, handouts there, um, I want to encourage you to just declare them over you, over your household, over your situations, you know, say them out loud, you know, and they're just, th these are just some ideas, you know, to supplement, you know, your own time of devotion and your own time of worship. Um, and again, it's so important that we do this corporately so we, re we receive 
that mega blessing that God has in mind. And I'm telling you now, not only is it the house here, but it's gonna bless your household, your bloodline, your family. It's gonna affect the people around you at your job because you're gonna have a, a, that high pro glow on you. You're gonna have the, the power of God you know, released on you in a greater measure. You know, we, the Bible tells us, you know, don't walk around today with sackcloth and ashes, you know, because I'm, I'm being holy and I'm fasting and your countenance is all low. You know, you, you should put on the oil of gladness so that somebody can see God and they can sense him. Second Corinthians 2.14 tells us that the fragrance of the knowledge of God is upon you. So you want, that, you want that to prevail so you can become so contagious and that somebody can see God when they see you. So not only is it going to affect you and our church, but it's going to affect your household, your community, every place your feet tread within your sphere of influence. So I want to encourage you today to really commit to it so that you can commit to receive God's greater graces for you. Do you receive it? Amen. 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 All right. Are you excited? Yes. Boy, that was like a, a good uh, advertisement, Amen. you know. You want to be closer to God? You want to hear Him better? You want to put aside all those things that are holding you back? Well, fast and watch God work in our lives. Our theme for this year is building God's house. We're first the house of the Lord. We're His temple, right? So when we build ourselves up, up we're able to go out and reach others and build God's house, the rest of the people that don't know the Lord. So when we go into this new church, uh, the, the pastor has a lot of plans for reaching out. He wants us to know if we you know, want to be involved. I said, of course, absolutely. That's what we want to do. We want to reach out to others. And so we're going to join together with him. He wants to have a night of praise where we can just sing to the Lord you know, and be, uh, invite the community so they can come and hear the goodness of the Lord. Who wouldn't want to hear good singing like this? Who would want to hear and feel the presence of the Lord like we do today? Amen. So we need to take it out of these four walls, take it out to wherever we need to go. And uh, as Ivory was saying, and I alluded to it, we, we are not capable of fasting in our own strength. And I remember when I used to try to fast myself and try to, you know, God, look what I'm doing. I would always fail because the flesh is weak. But God, when he comes in and takes hold of our spirit, he's able to do it for us and through us. And so what we want to do is commit this fast to the Lord and ask him to help us. That way, if it doesn't fail, we can blame him. <laughs> I mean, if it doesn't succeed and we fail, we can blame him. God, you, we asked you, where were you? But you'll see him just like Ivy was saying that when you start to eat on your fast, he said, oh, no, no, no. Come on, girl. Come on. Come on a little farther. You can do it. You can make it. And he takes those desires away from you. You tell your body, no, you're going to settle down. You're not going to, you know, dictate to me. Mine, you get in line. And we're going to see God do wonderful things. So if you're up to that, let's stand to our feet and let's pray that the Lord would take hold of our hearts, take hold of our spirits, and give us the strength to get closer to him and see all the obstacles be torn down in our lives so that we can get spiritually minded, and get in spiritual shape. So repeat after me. Say, Father God, I thank you for your goodness in our lives. You love us so much. You have unfailing love towards us. We want to grow closer to you. We want to be in touch with your spirit. So we ask you today 
to help us fast in one way or another for 21 days so that we may see your glory. We thank you for helping us. We thank you that you're going to bless us. And we thank you that we're going to see changes in our lives. And for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, and all agreed said, amen, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, amen.